Welcome to the Agree to Disagree show, a show that discusses news, politics, and pop culture with your host, Luigi C. I want to see how many people I can agree to disagree with. We will try to solve life's great mysteries. Why is the sky blue? Why do we lean left or right? Why are we all nuts? Let's start the show. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode 36 to the Agree to Disagree show where we discuss current events, politics, and pop culture. As I remind you every week, we are streaming live on Facebook and on YouTube at Agree to Disagree show at the bottom of my right screen here. And afterwards, this is available, of course, in audio podcast format uh, everywhere we get your uh, podcasts, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, reminder, guys, to like, subscribe, and share this content to anybody, friends, family, anyone you think that would appreciate and um, this content. So please feel free to go on my Facebook page or YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share. And as well, guys, we can see already a few comments. You could comment just to say hi, ask your questions to our guests tonight or myself, and try to make this as interactive as possible. I could see already uh, some... Um, some people saying hi, Captain Yolo. Good evening, Luigi. Dirty Four Way, Tony Aversano. Evening, beautiful. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Without further ado, guys, today's today's guest is host of Rob's Inner Circle podcast and the creator, director, and actor of the Daily Struggle Show. Let's give a warm round of applause and welcome to Robert D'Alessio. Hey, buddy. What's up, bud? How are you? Hey, listen, I'm totally excited uh, to be here tonight. And yes. uh, this is not an April Fool's. I'm really here. <laughs> but the background is an April Fool's. I'm not actually on the beach right now. You're, 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 rip, you're killing me. You're killing me with that background, Rob. I mean, I would literally mm -hmm. give my left, what I say, testicle, but I'd give my left arm to be on a beach right now. <laughs> so hey, before we start. Yeah. Let's do we, we are here we go. This Let's is traditional Robert Delestro. Cheers, buddy. Yes, sir. Sante. Mm. So, Robert, first of all, thank you so much for doing the show tonight. I really appreciate it. Um for you know, I, I got I was as I was telling you, I was I was looking getting the idea and I was saw you on uh the Ange TV show on the unknown where you were discussing uh the missing Malaysian airplane, and I was so impressed with your um with your the way you were just just your thoughts and the way you're talking i mean you know what night i think it's time for to to have robert on the show so um welcome buddy hey listen it's a total pleasure to be here and i have to be honest with you you're one of my podcast idols i look up to you <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> you're gonna make me blush you can't see me blush right I see you. I see you. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny because guys, Robert off air, we were chatting and he says, you know, Luigi, you're one of the pioneers of podcasting in Montreal. I'm like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I always forget that, you know, I started in 2016, I believe was, or 2000, yeah, 2016. So yeah, that's quite a, quite a while back now. Everybody, <laughs> everybody's having a show and, but, um, you know, it's at least, you know, what we're doing is, and, 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 what we're doing is is providing content, especially during where we're living, and and look what it's brought me. It's it's brought me to meet great people like you, Robert, and and we have such a wonderful podcast community here in Montreal, and we've made so many good friends, right? So many mutual friends. Indeed, there's a lot of great podcasts going on, and I want to give a shout out uh, to uh, the Dirty Four. Uh, yes. Another shout out to the Ange TV show, the Jofo in the Ring. Great podcast, great podcasters, great guys, and what I love about the podcast community here in Montreal is that we're all encouraging each other. And what's fun is that nobody is shy to give a, a shout out to the other guy's podcast. Come on, go subscribe to the channel, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And what have you, you know? Yeah. I find, yeah, that, I, I find that great. I, and, and I, that's why I appreciate you saying that because I've been a big proponent of that since I started 
especially this podcast everyone know if you don't know this is my second podcast so uh i've always been a big proponent of that is that we have to support each other so that's why when i started off i was trying to look for local guests right everybody that local guests so all the people that you just mentioned i've all been guests on my show and vice versa i've been on their shows and uh except yours but i'm not saying anything yet Hey, you know what? <laughs> I hope our producer is listening. <laughs> but I will, I will propose you. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just, I was uh, just, uh, just yanking your chain. So, Robert, before, before you know, well, as as I always do every week, uh, before we get into some topics that I wanted to discuss and the nature of the show, is I'm curious to to know first and foremost where where did your so so tell us about daily struggles and where did your love for cinema and acting and directing come from where i just want to try to understand where it came from well i have to start from the beginning i was a five-year-old kid and uh, i was watching a lot of tv and i totally totally admired uh, television i was just like in awe watching uh, the television productions the um, the way it was made the actors uh, one of my uh, childhood shows was emergency Mm -hmm. The Fireman, Adam 12 was another one. Okay. I was in total admiration. And then uh, what happened over the years is that I used to go to movie theaters. I used to come out. And by the time the film was over, I was ac actually doing the 12 characters in the movie. And I was knowing <laughs> my friends. <laughs> and then another clue came out. I was playing street hockey all the time with my friends. I'd come back from school, get off the bus, take my school bag, just throw it on the balcony, get my hockey stick. And then start playing with my friends who used to play uh, street hockey. And you're about my age, I believe, right? You're 41, right? No, no, no. I'm 45. Yeah, right. Are you 45? <laughs> yes. You are? You are? Yeah. yeah, 45. Okay. Anyways, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a little bit older anyway. <laughs> you remember Hockey Night in Canada with Danny Galvin and Dick Irvin? Uh, yes. I rem yes, I do. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was actually playing street hockey. And I was not only playing as a player, I was calling the play-by-play. As play a by play commentator, yeah. And then when a goal was scored, I would have everybody stop dead in the tracks, and we would actually reenact the replay. I would pinch my nose, I'd become Dick Irvin as the analyst. <laughs> yeah, that so, that voice, that unmistakable voice. <laughs> so all that added up at one point. So, you know, just to make a, a long sh story short, I ended up going to CJEP. I uh, I took some film class and mm -hmm. I excelled at it, and it was like really, really my you know, it was my uh, my love. And cool. so I actually started to be behind the camera. But as time went on, I realized I like to be in front of the camera as well. Mm -hmm. And I started uh, producing and directing all these films and starring in my own films. And then, again, to make a, a long, short, uh, long story short, <laughs> um, I've known Patty. Patty's uh, one of my um, uh, co-stars. I've known Patty mm -hmm. like for almost 40 years. I know Jenny as well. She's uh she's another great friend of mine. I know her. You're a producer, right? Uh, Jenny. Or well, actually, right now, Jenny, myself, and Patty were co-producing the the show. Okay. It started okay. off. I created it. I was producing it, and then you know what? I just thought there was just an amazing amount of chemistry. So I told the girls, you know, hey, why don't we just get together and put our heads together and you know make this our production? Yeah, sure. So, and you know, I'm a guy who relates to all in the family. I love everybody loves Raymond, the Jeffersons. Amazing. And I always, uh, Carol Burnett, I always used to watch wow. this show. And I told myself, one day I would like to do a show that combines all of these elements. And so that's the whole thing. It started off on a, uh, what was it, a Saturday. I said, hey, you know, Patty, why don't you come on over over here and let's have some fun, you know, just mm -hmm. like a skit. I didn't really know what to do because did I want to make a movie? Did I want to make a, a sitcom out of it? I didn't know where I was going. So we just did like an experiment. And we did a, a first pilot episode, which you can catch on the Daily Struggle sitcom YouTube channel. Um, we, we did that, um, that pilot episode, and we got an amazing response from the audience. It said, hey, that's pretty cool. You want to try awesome. another one? And then another one, and then another one. And then next thing you know, hey, we got a, a great show running here. That's amazing. And so, so tell me, um, you recently were, were picked that the show was picked up by a, a, I believe it's an internet service provider or one of those online applications. How does, what, tell us a little bit about that as well. Before I get into that, I just wanted to, to finish off there because sure, the sure. way the show grew is that we had myself and Patty 
And then we brought Art LeDuc, one of my passengers on my bus that I used to travel every night. We brought him on as the narrator. And then we asked Jenny to come on. You want to come on the show? Because Jenny is like amazing on and off camera. She's mm -hmm. just, wow. Everybody on this show is just amazingly talented. Sure. You know, I just want to make sure everybody gets their mention here. And uh, so they came on the show and the show grew and it got better and better so much that we got noticed by Rise Up TV. It's actually a channel on okay. Roku. And we signed a deal with them and our show is supposed to be coming out. By the way, a shout out to all our friends at Rise Up. Amazing. Uh, we're our show is supposed to be coming out within a week or two. We're just, you know, adjusting some technical issues, making sure everything's going to run well and you know, this is a lifelong dream for myself and everybody on the cast and crew. We're actually on TV, and this is the, the, the coolest and weirdest thing. You know, that you're watching <laughs> this. We watched ourselves, you know, like on the channel, like, uh, you know, one of those tryout things. Yeah. That, yeah. And and I, w I was with Patty. I got turned around and go, oh, my God, Patty, we're on TV. Look, That's Jenny, Art, the whole gang, we're all on TV. This is crazy. It's the weirdest feeling, but we love it. We're thankful. I can't even imagine. Congratulations on that. I can't even imagine, you know, all your hard work, you know, it's, it's the same thing like, you know, us podcasters, if we would, you know, be be bought up by some big podcasting station or whatever, right? So, you know, you, you see all those years of hard work and dreaming of that way back when, when you started studying film to come to this at this point. And, you know, obviously it has changed so much, right? Film or TV and now into these internet applications and and that it shows it's a, it's quite something it's quite something um, well, i yeah, started off okay in the uh, champlain college it was an eight millimeter film and there was no sound and you have to bring this film to be developed and i used to go to the drugstore and it would take <laughs> a week it would cost eight dollars to buy the spool of film for only three minutes of film yeah that's if you would film in uh in 24 frames per second if you want it to last a little longer, the quality was a little less, 18 frames per second. That lasted you about five minutes. Anyway, you'd have to wait a week, pay 20 bucks, and have this film that you're actually splicing. Yep. And then you physically found it afterwards. Have we come a long way? You're telling me? Unbelievable. It's yeah, so I remember I remember those those uh, those splicing and all that because you know what that's another thing we share that I just realized and I was going to ask you, did you go to Champlain College and so did I? I went to Champlain College indeed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. They had a very uh, very good media uh, media program, right? If I remember correctly. Actually, uh, one of my teachers. A shout out to him, and I hope he's listening. If he's not, well, one day you're going to get to see it. Barclay <laughs> Watt was my okay. teacher for television. Okay. And also uh, John McKay, he was my film teacher. Amazing. Amazing. I love that school, by the way. The, my college years were fantastic. I loved it. Uh, I when really... I was going there, it was legal to smoke. Oh, and and, and I, like, I never did any of that, but it was legal to smoke and smoke. The band ring, you remember the band ring, right? Yeah, of course. Of course. The band ring was the hangout. And back then, they had the lights closed. I would open the door before the door was closed. I was already like e, getting a little dizzy because of all the smoke in there. <laughs> oh, wow. What a blast from the past. That's crazy. Anybody that's watching, guys, if you remember whoever went to Champlain, you know, that's the ban ring. God knows how many classes I skipped staying in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you know what? I made some friends, uh, some Italians from Montreal, St. Leonard. They were in the cafeteria playing British school. Oh I would so, get there in the morning at five o'clock. We were still there, and the parents, the parents, oh, me, my so, kid is studying to be a doctor. Yeah, yeah, he's a card doctor, a card shark. That's what he's studying to be. Rob, you know that. You know that. Uh, one. So there was one end of the the, the cafeteria where we used to all have lunch and then play cards, right? That's so true. the non the non Italian kids named it the section Marchetta Giandalo. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Oh yeah. Oh my God, it's so funny. So it was crazy. Go. I mean, these guys actually, and, and today. I, I think these are the best poker players around, these guys here. <laughs> exactly. Are they on the poker station? What's it called, the poker station? There? Oh, there's all kinds of anyway, – now even, this, you know, uh, sports channels are, are watching it. So uh, well, You know what? These guys are on there. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. 
let's go back so melanie asaf is saying hi hey melanie thanks for uh for tuning in this evening luca colacci what's up brother my cigar brother um captain yolo says my parents introduced me to all in the family what a classic show man that was the oh, best oh dirty four that's probably claudio saying dawson ftw what is ftw for so we're gonna we're gonna start comparing uh, colleges is that it um my my good friend tony cheech my brother used to smoke in class when we went to mcgill can you imagine that bro could you wow. imagine that in class yeah, yeah. Mm. vanier <laughs> captain yolo guys so <laughs> so so uh, chime in here with uh, with your favorite colleges in montreal or whatever college you went to in canada or even the states um i want to ask you rob um what made you what made you decide to to get into podcasting how you know besides your show obviously um so so for those of you who don't know uh bob's inner circle podcast show uh what made you want to start that well you know I, i'm going to be perfectly honest with you uh, this is something else i wanted to do it was part of um being uh, on radio that's something else i wanted to do doing voice work mm -hmm. and i always wanted to do it and i got tired of waiting for hollywood so i said you know what i'm gonna do this <laughs> on my own and then an excuse came up uh one of my good friends um podcast host on the dirty four claudio silvio capri mm -hmm. a huge shout out to you buddy and to the rest of the dirty four he actually convinced me yeah you can do this man you know he came over he showed me and we're broadcasting on Streamyard like right now like all the podcasters are, yeah, a lot of them easy to use. Yep. So he started me off with it. He was coaching me. Started off slowly. Hey, this is pretty fun. And then uh, again, I, I had known Jenny, mm -hmm. Jenny, uh, who's um, uh, also my acting agent. Uh, she, I said, hey, Jen, you know what? You want to produce the show? So she came on as a producer of uh, Rob's Inner Circle, and I'm telling you, uh, it, it's amazing. Uh, Look, I've, I don't have, I can't say enough good things about Jenny, uh, an absolutely amazing person. As a producer, she's on the ball. She knows what she's doing. She gets us amazing guests. Yeah. And then eventually we had Patty from Daily Struggle. See, the family always sticks together. It's always yeah. a problem. Well, that's so what we got to do, yeah. We brought on Patty as the techie. So with both Jenny and Patty, uh, the show is just a heck of a lot of fun. And the reason why I'm doing this is because, no, I don't think I'm going to make it rich. I'm doing this because, you know, one day, of course, we all, you know, we all wish that we can make a living off it. Sure. And you know what? I, you know, I, I feel deep down inside that it's coming. You know, just believe in yourself. But the reason why it. I'm doing podcasts is because I love it. It's fun. I love to inform people. I like to have a lot of fun. And you know what? It helps me grow also as an individual. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I believe in that. I believe in that because um, keeping conversations going is is the reason why I, I did my second show is and in this format too of speaking to different people. Uh, I've had the privilege of, like I said, a 36th episode. I've met 36 people, 36 individuals that have each taught me something. And and even, you know, from all walks of life, like I say in, in my promo. And that's the beauty of it. That really is the beauty of it. So uh, it's just talking to different people, learning from different people, learning different points of view of life and how the people, different people could look at the same situation and come up with totally two different points of view like we're about to do very soon when we're going to look at the topics that we're going to discuss tonight. Sure. All right. You ready for that? Go ahead. All right. I love it. So. I'm gonna start, guys. So, so I, as I always say, I, you know, my show is is to, like you say, is to educate and to maybe talk about um, stuff that's going on, or and maybe some stuff that you, you know, that that our listeners and our watchers are not aware of. So, I wanted to 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 start, and especially with this, and I chose this spe specifically for you because it's in the, it's in the cinema. So, as you know, this cancel culture that's been going on, political correctness. That's that's going on across all you know books literature tv whatever cancel i don't know if you heard this one lately what 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 they're calling for this one okay so they're calling greece the movie the original movie with Livy newton john and john travolta uh, misogy uh, misogynistic sexist and bit rapey so they're calling it for it to be banned 
believe it or not. Okay. Robert, well, okay. So, so here's the thing. So let me, let me, um, let me explain to you what, what, what they say here. Okay. Um, why must all couples be boy and a girl? That's, that's just one of the comments that you've written. So here, here's my take on it before I ask you on taking it. You're talking about a movie that now is, of course, that, you know, we can't, we can't say that all relationships have to be heterosexual and, but this movie was was took place in what in the fifties, sixties, exactly. right? Fifties mm -hmm. and sixties. So, do you think that we would talk about homosexuality the same way we do and accept it that it is it's accepted wide in society as we do today? So, why should something that was made seventy years ago, literally seventy years ago, let's say, or, or took place seventy years ago, and put today's standards on it? That, that's the way I look at it. I, and I just, I'm having so much, so much difficulty with, with this, Robert. Uh, I, I really am. I know I constantly talk about it, but I, and, and I'm not the only one I know. And I'm having so much difficulty. Me, it's, it's that aspect that's the, that's the most difficult to, to, to put up with. What's your point of view on that? Well, the point of view is, uh, it's, it, you know, nowadays things have changed very, very much. Um, <clears throat> It's a difficult question to answer, Luigi. I'm going to do my best. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's it's okay. It's it's you know you you could say like remember we agree to disagree. It's fine. Yeah, or we can exactly. agree. It's well, not a problem. Well, okay. Things have changed. I, I understand a bit what today's society is trying to say in a certain sense. But again, like you were saying, that movie was made back in the 80s, I believe. Who knows when it was made? Yeah, yeah. but it was, yeah, sometime in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And that was reflecting things how they were back in the 50s and the 60s. I mean, that's so, what it was back then. So this movie that was made that way reflects that era. And now what's going on today is like a much different thing. It, just give you an example. If you have to shoot a movie today like Greece, forget about it. Don't even think of it. You can't do it anymore. Because, you know, uh, demographics, demographics uh, have changed. Uh, there's a whole bunch of things that, you know, factored in. Yeah. And, uh, a show's like All in the Family. Well, that's, uh, I was going to bring it up. Could you imagine, Robert, All in the Family today? Forget Impossible. it. Impossible. Impossible. Forget it. You cannot even think of producing a show like All in the Family. And that's why our show, Daily Struggles, is very soft. It's very sensitive, you know, to what's going on. You have to be careful what you portray out there. Absolutely. You know? And that's fine. But you're aware that it's you're making this in today's environment. What I'm saying is, how could you question something that was made 50, 60 or no, sorry, not was made in 1978. Thank you very much, uh, Tony Cheech, 1978 production, but was made in 78 to portray life in the 50s and 60s. But and, and you're going to use today's standards or the way we're looking at the world today for something that was made or portrayed 70 years ago. It doesn't make sense. And what is that? What does that accomplish or achieve? That's what I'm trying to say. Well, you know, I, I say in a case like that, I understand people's sensitivity today. And uh, just to give you an example, um, you know, when they were about to put up a show, uh, we have to warn you, whatever the contents of this, yeah. uh, you know, is it, not suitable for some people. Well, in a case like that, maybe, you know, don't, don't watch the show, I guess, you know, that that's, that's what I, you know, basically that's what it comes down to. And you know? I, I have no problem with that. Just don't watch the show. And, you, know, uh, you don't have to agree like with everything that goes on TV. Uh, and like I said, again, I understand people's sensitivity today, but when we go back to the whole basis of the whole thing, this was shot to portray what was going on in the fifties in the context of 1978. Thank you. Now, if you want to portray what's going on in the 50s in today's context, you're going to be shooting a much different movie, you know, with today's awareness. Awareness. With that. That's yeah. the whole thing. That's, that's a very good point, which you bring up. Like, maybe if you're going to make a movie today and talk about the 1950s, maybe you're going to make it an aspect of trying to say, uh, like, trying to picture, pinpoint what was wrong with that time, right? Yeah. But Whereas, you're going to do it like in another way. To you know, being sensitive to what the world is, you know, seeing uh, the way the world sees things today. That, that's the whole thing. Yeah, it makes. And I could. And I'm. 
listen, whether I agree with it or not, it doesn't matter what, you know, the hypersensitivity and the, the political correctness. I don't agree with it. It's obvious, but that's fine. But when you, you have to go back, right. And, and along the same lines, and I've spoken about it, you know, canceling Pepe Le Pew, one of my, you know, my beloved characters from when I was a kid to, to Dr. Seuss, to, to Captain Underpants now too. They have a problem with Captain Underpants. My boys love Captain Underpants. Like, you you can't you can't like you said it perfectly you cannot look and you cannot uh, uh you cannot comment on something that was made or even say sorry or even apologize for something that was done prior to you even existing that's my point here well take a show like bugs bunny while e coyote getting the anvil on the head he's like it, it was like a brutally violent show, but it was made in the context, you know, for, for kids. For fun. Yeah, absolutely. And, and today, is, you can't show that anymore. You know, it's, it's I don't know, it's a different different context. It's a different time to be living in. Tony, listen, Robert, we, we, we grew up, you and I, watching Pepe Le Pew or Grease. Did we did we come up with the 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 notion of saying okay this is make believe this is really not how we should approach a woman, um, or but it was never even that bad to begin with right, but my point is is that even as children we had the capacity to say yeah this is a cartoon it's a freaking cartoon it's a cartoon yeah right so. Uh, I don't know. Let's see what the, some people are saying. It's like how they canceled To Kill a Mockingbird. That book was meant to be uncomfortable. You're you're perfectly right, Captain Yolo. I just I cannot believe, but yet you know, in in, in the context of To Kill a Mockingbird, to to teach this and use this as a history lesson in 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 schools. But no, let's take it out because it's going to make people uncomfortable. I've said this before as well. You know uh, that in in Germany. I believe in Germany, there were some kids, or I'm not I recall where it was, that wanted to the education of the Holocaust to be taken out because it was making them too uncomfortable. You know what? The, you know what the, the, the school commission said? Tough fucking luck if it's making you uncomfortable. Okay, tough luck. You got to learn about history. History can't just be erased, right? Yeah, so, these are they're very touchy subjects. You know, it's like Luigi. You know what? Uh, I, I I hear I hear both sides. You know, I hear what everybody is trying to say, what what both agendas are. You know, it's it, it's very tricky. It, it is, it is. I, I don't I don't pretend to say that it's 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 difficult. I I know it's difficult. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying here's here's a great example. Here's what I'm trying to say. Captain Yolo says it perfect. He says, I learned critical lessons of racial segregation and culture in the deep south in the USA. Because he read To Kill a Mockingbird, as I did. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot about the African apartheid and, and segregation in Africa by reading Nelson Mandela's autobiography. What are you going to tell me? That reading out a Nelson, um, Nelson Mandela's autobiography was some kids can't do it because it's it's too... It was heavy. I could tell you, man. I read that book. It was this thick. I could tell you. And it was heavy at times what he went through. But you know what? I had a new appreciation and understanding of what it was to be back in, in apartheid and what the 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 blacks uh, the black population had to go through in Africa. So that's all I'm saying. Um, and and yeah, sir, go ahead. You were going to say something. Don't forget. Okay, we're living in a society today, and uh, there, there's good to it. There's bad to it, and there's like in the other you know decades centuries that, that we've gone by we're living in a society that somewhere in north america and I, I don't want to name any names here not to get into trouble but somewhere in north america a, a, a popular restaurant was sued because the coffee was too hot when <laughs> believe it or not and the actual had a lawsuit against the restaurant <laughs> i believe you i believe you I believe you because the, the, the there's no there's no stop there's no you know like no limit to the amount of absurdity that I hear about in today's society and I believe every like any anyone could tell me anything and yeah I believe you that that happened I believe you I and believe you know you. what the the they got sued and the plaintiffs won and that's why it's written 
caution the contents of this uh, cup are is hot. Something uh, to that you effect. You know what? I'm the idiot. I had no idea that coffee was hot. I'm really sorry, Robert. Think about it. Just think about how, as a society, how ridiculous we've become that right. we could sue someone and someone has to remind me. It's like saying, okay, I poured hot soup on me. I'm going to sue the restaurant. Same concept, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, look, if you do it the way I do, I take my coffee. I have four milks and a sugar inside of Tim Horton. You'll never burn yourself. <laughs> this, I'm on the contrary. I like my coffee hot. Really, oh, really hot. Yeah. And not too hot, right? Hey, if you burn yourself with your own coffee, just wondering how that's gonna go down. <laughs> I'm gonna sue myself. Oh, hang on a sec. It's the cop, it's the coffee beans fault. You're gonna sue the company that made the I'll coffee. Beans. I'll find someone to sue. I'll find someone. There you to go. Sue. <laughs> so um yeah, so I guess you know we're gonna we're, I think we're gonna be keeping having to this discussion for, for quite a long time. Um Second little story here I wanted to touch on, um, wanted to get your thoughts on, and even people watching, is I'm not sure this this was back in February, but I, I wanted to bring it to light um, because after there was a certain story that came out, and this is a secondary, like a secondary one. A Laval couple was told, were told, that they can they could not foster uh, children because the center doesn't need any more Caucasian families. Now, <laughs> let, let, me, let me repeat that. You, yes, I read it right. A Laval couple that wants to open up their homes and love for children that, that uh, and let me tell you, the need is always there, right, for foster homes. Uh, we're told that uh, they were Caucasian and that they were not needed. Well, Luigi, you know what? Um, unfortunately, that is um, internal politics. Because I'm sorry. You know, at the end of the day, what's important? It's the well-being of the child or children being adopted. And it doesn't matter what background you are, what race you are, what the nationality you are. What's important is that that child is cared for. And brought up appropriately, the child is well dressed, the child is loved, send the proper education. That's what's important. Now, th th I'm sorry, that's that's internal politics, and that I don't go for. What's important yeah. is the child's well being. Absolutely, absolutely, I I I agree with you 100. And to go further, listen, she says, I will quote her because this is the the, the wife saying, um, I will quote her because these words for the rest of my life will never leave me. In the past, we have accepted families to foster for Batshaw from Laval. However, at the time being, we are so saturated with Caucasian families that we have no need to look further for them in other boroughs. What we really need are black families and Hispanic families. We don't need Caucasian families. But you know what? No, sorry, go on. I, I, no, Robert, I, it's, it's almost to the point. And yeah, I don't believe it or not. Me, I don't know. I don't even know what to say to this. Well, Luigi, I understand. Yes, in a way, I understand that we want to have that diversity. Yes. But you know what? Uh, look, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> you can go in a sector that's mainly uh, uh, Pakistani. You know, at the end of the day, what does it matter if there's 50 Pakistani families who are taking, you know, a child in and give that child love and... Uh, I don't know. To me, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what nationality you are. Like I said, and I stick by it, it's the child's well-being that is the most important in there. I, I just, I don't even know how, you know, Captain Yolo, uh, Yolo says, of course, yes, it, it's it's grounds for racial discrimination. Absolutely. But what are you trying to say that you need Caucasian and Hispanic families? Are you saying that a vast majority of these kids that need to be put in foster homes are black or um, uh, Hispanic backgrounds? But so what? So if they are, what is what is like you said, Robert, so eloquently is what difference does it make if this is a white family, Anglophone? Because the first time the, the other couple was saying because they, they're Anglophones or Francophones, right? That's another story for not being able to foster children. Um, believe it or not, it it, it what differences? How will that impact the quality of love? Like you say, fostering these children, caring opening up your home to these kids that have nothing, that have nothing. 
Because if you're asking to be fostered, homes, it means that the need is always there. Trust me, I know my wife is a social worker. My neighbor is in, in, in youth protection. I know there's always a need, guys. So to tell us a, a young couple willing to open up their homes, to me, goes with that word. You said it. He said it perfectly. Next time Legault looks at me in the face and says, there's no systematic racism in Quebec. F you, Monsieur Legault, because right here, right here is a primary example of systematic racism when you're refusing couples to be foster parents based on the language that they speak or the color of their skin. To me, it's 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 night and day. There's the example. So next time someone asks them that, here's the example, Monsieur Legault. It's not made up. It's not made up. Um, so there's we we got a long way to go, man. We got a long way to go in Quebec. We really do. Um I, I you know, like like I said, you know, it it's unfortunate, but I'm sorry, I'm just gonna stand with what I said. Uh, I think it's the child first. That that's that's final. <laughs> that's my final and, answer. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and it absolutely it should always be all our our final answer, Rob. Yes. The, the 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 it's the child, the child and the and what they, they come in with. So I think there's a lot of work to do on that end. Um oh my god, there's a lot of work to do for sure. But um, you know, I just put that two and two together in speaking about this, that whole thing about systematic racism in Quebec and it doesn't exist. Well, right there. <laughs> Here's a great example, right? Well, uh, buddy, I, I don't follow politics in Quebec, you know, it, it, it's one subject that's like you're smart. Uh, I'd rather watch a hockey game. You're honest. smart. You're smart. You know, so I'm neither, you know, for or against anybody. Like I'm totally neutral. And yep. yes, I do go vote when it's time to vote. I do, I, you know, I do what I have to do. Being a moral citizen. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know that's that's why I like I like to have you know opinions of people like you that don't necessarily have a predetermined opinion on things, uh, just to see you know. Um, how you look at stuff and that's the reason why i like to have these discussions with different people in terms of how they look uh, at different things and how we could bring different ideas from the people that don't necessarily have you know a, a penny in the game if you know what i mean yeah i sure. think that i think we could learn a lot from that so here's a here's another subject i want to talk tonight um this 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 one's amazing okay um Again, it's 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 local, so you know you guys know about the REM uh, light train, the huge project that's that's being run from the east end of Montreal out to the West Island, uh, costing billions of dollars, being uh, financed by the Caisse de Depot. But a report came um, end of February of this year, um, saying here's the headline. <laughs> Just and you're gonna see where I'm going with this. A portion of the REM light rail expansion is so ugly that two architectural firms quit the project. <laughs> okay. So let me put this into perspective for you. You have um, two firms stepping down from a 10 billion with a B project as they don't want to be associated with an eyesore. So here's here's and both firms declined to comment when they were reached by ctv news um the offending portion of the system is a section along a part of rennie levesque and notre dame boulevard in the east end many residents have requested the section be built underground rather than over the streets so basically when these two firms came across and say you know uh we don't agree with this should we change it the government said no whatever blah 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 they pulled out so imagine pulling out how strong your your um your conviction has to be to pull out of a 10 billion dollar project so here is my take on this very simple coming from a, you would think coming from a city and a, a and a province that would learn from the disasters of the olympic stadium right um and numerous other projects that have, uh, have infrastructure projects that have taken place, you would think that they would learn from this. But yet here again, in such a vital, t 
time and money and economics and project you have two firms that still say quebec are still backwards when doing these infrastructure pro uh uh, uh projects of, of this magnitude of 10 billion dollars that two firms feel so strong that they have to leave pull out could you believe that robert well Luigi, uh, i'm gonna I'll give you my take um listen yeah um you're okay first of all what's the whole the whole notion of being on that train in the first place you're you're on that train you're, it's not a sightseeing tour you're either mm -hmm. going to work you're going to dorval airport you're taking a plane you're it's a displacement. Uh, in French, we say uh, a déplacement. He said that in English. A it's, displacement? It's, yeah, you could say displacement. It's, it's for travel. It's for, for yeah. travel. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're on the train, and on average, you're going to be there like 20 minutes. So what's with all this architecture and all that, which costs billions of dollars? All you got to do is just like you get off, you're on a platform, and as far as I'm concerned, people taking the metro, they don't actually stop and admire the architecture you know what people are in a hurry get off walk to your next station get out it's like people don't care so why spend all this money you see there's you see there's the thing you see now this is why i love having different people on because i wouldn't even have looked at it like that i'll i'm gonna go directly to the negative i'm gonna say how the hell does two architectural firms pull out of such a huge monetarily project and but yet, then you turn around and just by saying that, make me look at it completely different. Well, look, I was a bus driver for 31 years at the South Shore of Montreal, mm -hmm. and uh, my terminus was at the uh, the Longay Metro Station, a, a place that you went often because you yep. went to Champlain College. Exactly. And I had my coffee break at about 5:20 for about 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. My trip was this is like right into the heart of rush hour. I'm, I'm sitting on the wall, and I see the metro coming in, and I see the passengers. They're all, 75% of them are all running to catch their bus. True, very true. They're going to run to get the lottery ticket. Oh, my God, I got two minutes before the, the number 16 leaves. People are in a, are in a hurry. They're in a rush. It, it's it's uh, public transportation, and it's just to get from one place to another. Talk very to me true. about a museum. Yeah, a museum. You want it to look nice. An art gallery, for sure, but it's a public, public service. Uh, you know, it's it's a service. Yeah, yeah. You, you, it's it's totally true. It's totally true, and I love your 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 take on it. I just found it funny that we could never find any type of you know huge project that's that's taking that that's happened in Montreal or Quebec for that matter. Uh, without this type of scrutiny, you know, remember when they were building the super hospital and the, the MUHC, then the, the corruption and, and, and what's the Dr. P uh, Arthur Porter, his name came up last night with uh, some other friends uh, with uh, actually from uh, Steve from uh, uh, Stogie Cigar Lounge. So that's why it got me thinking about all these projects. There's always an issue. SNC Lavalin, um, criminal activity, and Arthur Porter, and the Olympic Stadium, and what happened then. Everyone knows it now. It's completely famous, and now this as well. It just it seems like every time. I guess I don't know. I guess it's it goes with all these huge monumental projects. I guess it's part and partial with it, right? We're always going to have these things, right? I guess it's it's complicated because. The way things are done over here, there's a lot of bureaucracy, um, a yeah. lot of red tape. Uh, just giving an example, I, I know some firms, some companies, they got to make a decision. They got a, uh, a board of directors. Three of them are, are on vacation. I, we can't make a decision. Uh, two come back. One's on sick leave. We still can't make a vacation. Another one breaks his foot. So all of a sudden, there's like six boards, uh, board of directors available. The 12 are never there. So you can't make a decision because the 12 are not there. Yeah, that's and true. And it stalls and stalls and stalls. It could take years before you make a decision. Can I have a bus stop right next to the Kushtard? It like, does it take all this bureaucracy to say yes or no? Yeah, it makes sense. So just put, no, you have to go through this guy, yeah. that guy, that guy. And that's what makes it frustrating sometimes. Oh, my God. We're, fa we're famous for that. To, 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 I mean, God knows what you saw during your, your 31 years as a bus driver. Oh, my God. You know what? I, we could have a show just about my career <laughs> as a bus driver. I'm telling you, I've seen it all. Uh, 
major uh, storms, fights breaking out on the bus, uh, uh, I, I, these punk rockers coming on and taking over the bus. Oh, I have I have lots and lots and lots of stories, and I also have stories about uh, some wonderful passengers who uh, made me letters of commendation. Then uh, wow. the supervisor would come up to me and say, "Hey, you you got this letter of commendation, and you got this other letter of commendation." It's like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's a change, you know, because if I would show up at the bus stop, let's say a minute late, I'd be getting mm -hmm. a complaint. Unbelievable! Uh, just and a minute. I, and I had some lines which were very tight. I had like 10 minutes, but on my line on the 123 in the industrial park of Longay, if I happened to get that train, because, you know, they had the guy that he was getting off the bus. He forgot his suitcase, mm -hmm. went back in, got out. And that, just that cost me the valuable seconds. And I caught that train. I ended up showing at the Metro 10 minutes late for my departure. <laughs> And it's like, I'm gone for an hour, and I'm coming back. It's another hour. I have to go to the bathroom, right? Yeah, of course. I took off, I took off 17 minutes late, and I got a complaint. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Those are all, th all those things that we, we, don't, we don't hear about and, and, and we even care to even think about, right? Uh, Captain Yolo says, the metro stations here in Montreal are far nicer to the eye than the dumps the New York subway system has. Uh, yeah, it's kind of true. It's kind of true. I mean, I don't know the last time you did it. I did it recently, a couple of years ago. They were pretty nice, the, the New York uh, sub uh, subway. You know, at the end of the day, Captain Yolo, what's important is that uh, the whole designation, the whole the whole idea behind these subway stations and buses or what have you, is for transportation to get from point A to point B. And when you're on public transportation, you, you, you don't sit around and admire the scenery unless you're in the bus. You know, <laughs> the bus might have the, these nice seats. It's like after your 20-minute trip, it's like you're getting off. You're not going to look around and admire the seats for another 20 minutes. <laughs> it's like it, it's just for travel. That's it. Yeah, you know? it's, a good, it's a good point. It's a good point, Robert. You know, we, we forget about that. Didn't think about it. You know, especially metro systems, vast majority is underground. It's cement. What the hell do you want to do with cement? It's, 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 a it's cold. It's a platform. It's cold. It's, it's, it has to be cement. You can't make it. You know, some some of them are not that bad, but uh, God knows. I mean, now it's quite a few years that they were built in Montreal, so the, a lot of them need right renovations or upkeeping. So well, kind that, of, that's normal, you know, because yeah, yeah you, you need some upkeep. But the end of the day is you get in and you get out. That's yeah. it. And a lot of you know, you're on your iPhone or whatever. Uh, you get off and that's it. You yeah, know? I agree. I agree. Robert, tell us um, moving forward. What's what's um, before we wrap it up, what's moving forward? What do you hope to achieve, and where do you see where do you see it going? Your your shows, your podcast. Well, uh, I'm going to start off with Rob's Inner Circle. Where do I see yeah. it going? Listen, um, I, I I see it going places. I, I see it like really getting up there because, like I said, I'm surrounded by uh, two wonderful uh, collaborators in Jenny and Patty. Um, the show is gaining credibility. I'm gaining experience as a podcaster. Mm -hmm. um, we're always introducing some new things. Uh, I see that this show is going to be successful. I honestly feel it. And as for daily struggles, um, oh my God, we have a great response from our fans, from the audience. Um, we have some amazing writers on board, um, some talented people, talented performers everywhere, both on and off camera. Lots of great ideas. It's wacky. <laughs> it, um, it's fun. It's soft. It's nothing offensive. It's a very soft show that can relate to a wide range of audience. Yeah. Not heavy. Yeah. You're not heavy because I think we have too much heavy. So which, which is, yeah. And you know, it's comical. It, there's always these little inside jokes and you're going to recognize some of the things. Oh, I saw that on that show, whatever, you know, and I mm -hmm. saw, and you see there's influences there. Like I, I'm a writer. Patty's a writer. Uh, we also have uh, Jenny who writes as well. And uh, we have some collaboration as well from uh, other writers uh, coming up. So when you put that all together and everybody puts his, his her little grain of salt in there, mm -hmm. and uh, with the influences we had from the past in our present shows, it calls for some pretty funny stuff. Yeah, that's, so that's I, awesome. I think, you know, I think our show is going to be really successful. And uh, I would like to thank all of our supporters, all of our audience, and again for the wonderful opportunity that Rise Up TV has given us. That's, We're just yeah. so blessed. It's a great family to be part of. Lots of support. 
Um, hey, listen, um, I'm really excited. That's great. That's great. And you know what, Rob? Uh, in my my um, someone was telling me, you know, what what they love about you is, and what I really like about you too, because I'm I'm a half empty. You know, you see me, I fly off the handle, negative. I, I lose my <laughs> shit. But <coughs> what I love about you is your positivity, <coughs> and it's contagious, right? So someone like me that's always in a rage needs that, right? So you could see. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse Are you me. sure you're not No, no, Nzunyu Siciliano Rajato. Maybe you're U. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Joe, Joe's a great guy. He does he's he plays the part, but he's a great guy. I loved having him on. Um so yeah, that's so that's what I appreciate uh appreciate you for. And uh that's what I like I said before, I'll say it again. I reiterate it and I love uh this podcast community that we've built in Montreal, supporting each other and meeting uh, great friends. And I can't wait for this COVID to to um, to 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 disappear, where we could actually do some of these shows live in the same studio. That would you be know great. What? that would be totally awesome. And you know yeah. what? All of this excitement has brought this the need to have this. Uh, let's do it. With you, let's do a toast. And you know Cheers. what? All success to to both. Uh, agree to disagree. To three men in a podcast, and to all your future endeavors. Congratulations! I really Thank like you. what you do. Thank and you. Folks, you. You have a YouTube channel, you know, plug yourself. Go ahead, do it, do it. Yeah, yeah. So um, so guys, uh, thank you very much for tuning in tonight and for your comments. Uh, Rob, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Uh, tell the people where they could find your stuff real quick. I'll okay, put it in the show notes as channel. well. It's yep. the Bobby's Short Shorts YouTube channel. We got our playlist there. You can go ahead and click and uh, find our stuff. Um Lots of amazing uh, productions we have there and uh, lots of support. And we thank all the people who have come on to subscribe and all the people who are going to be subscribing as well. Exactly. So, uh, we got our Bobby Short Shorts YouTube channel. Also, the Daily Struggles sitcom channel that uh, you can also come and subscribe to as well. Awesome. So, guys, everybody, please do so for, for my friend Robert here. And uh, once again, be safe, guys. Enjoy a happy Easter. Enjoy yourselves, guys. Uh, let's be safe. And um, thanks for tuning in again. Robert, thank you so much. Stay on. A, we'll have a little chat off air. It was my profound pleasure. And to everyone, ha happy Easter. First, good Friday, then happy Easter. And yes. thanks for tuning in to Luigi's show, Agree to Disagree. Thanks again. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Agree to Disagree show. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about it. Until next time.